There are certain stories that stick with you. Just grab your interest or tug at your heartstrings. Maybe they're just so baffling that you remember them fresh in your mind. This is that story for me. Since the first time I heard it, it stuck with me. It has its grip on me, and now it will have its grip on you. Okay, so we are back. We're back. We're, we're probably going to be a little sporadic because we got shit to do. <laughs> a lot of changes. A lot of changes, a lot of stuff going on. So, um, yeah. We both have full-time jobs. This is just an extra. I'm, I'm literally, uh, I just got done working just now, and then I'm going to go back to work again tonight. So, um, yeah, we're filming in between. Yeah, so... So, and she's got a full-time job where she's, you know, when she can get a few minutes, it's, uh, we're trying. We, we do want to get them out to you guys, though. Yep. Um, and my, my research has been sporadic, so sorry. But, here we are. This one is a good one. Like I said, this is one of my big stories that I want to know what happened. Um, as we get going, Drew's going to remember this one. Um, but a lot of people have covered this case. Um, Crime Junkie... Morbid, all the big ones did amazing at it. So if you want more information, go there. There's also a whole podcast on this case. Um, I will link it below. I'll tell you about it later because I don't want to give away her name just uh, yet. Okay, so I already know it's not the case I originally was going to guess. Bryce Lavisa. <laughs> yeah, I figured that one was too obvious anyways. that's yeah. If you guys want to know, that's like her... Uh, maybe like your first big case that you were like you heard the mystery of it and you like it, it just have always wanted to know what happened mm -hmm. was Bryce Lapisa. Yep, um, this is one of the stories that really got me into true crime because I was, I mean, I listened to it a little bit before. When I heard this case, I was immediately in. I was like, I have to know everything, um, and so I hope I do it justice. Um, hope I tell everything. Ready to get started? Yeah, and uh, I'm sitting here trying to think if there, because you said there's a whole podcast uh, dedicated to it, and I'm sitting here going, I know there's certain, like, I, I know there's certain podcasts that are dedicated to one case, and they're big cases. I just, I'm trying to think of what they could be, and I don't know. So, I'll find out. Let's get into it. It's good that you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's better. This is how we usually do it. I, I never know. I'm yep. just trying to figure it out. All right, so in the evening hours of December 2nd, 2010, in Melbourne, Australia, a concierge worker, um, basically a hotel worker, mm. um, not hotel, it was Con like a... Concierge? There we go. Know. Yes. It was a, it was a luxury it's apartment. It's a hard, hard word to say. Luxury yeah. apartment. Um, so he was a worker who worked at a luxury high-rise apartment called the Balenciaga, went to look for a broom. The obvious place to look was in the storage room, located on the first and bottom floor. It was a large room that contained various cleaning products and the building's trash compactor. They tried to open the door, but it was met with pushback. They tried again and realized something was wedged against it. I'm sure they were frustrated, so they looked through the tiny window of the room. 
It was so dark that they proceeded to push the door and the door finally gave way. They were met with a disturbing sight. What at first looked like a mannequin was a body of a young girl. The walls and the floor and everywhere was covered in blood. So I think I, <laughs> I think I know I think this case do. a little bit because I think if I remember right, it's one of your biggest fears mm-hmm. now, now yes. after. When I say this case has a grip on me, it is like, yeah, it's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. I don't think it was until you heard this case. Yeah. So, um, I guess trigger alert, which, uh, trigger alert. This could help you keep that in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this could trigger a fear in you guys because it triggered a fear in her. So. Yeah, for sure. This is this is a very grotesque case. This is a very bloody case, and this is a very sad and scary as hell case. Like this is stuff of nightmares. I, I swear. don't know why I always thought this case happened in like New York. I think it's mm. because I assume that's where all the trash compactors are. Like that. That <laughs> every like, trash compactor. Yeah, every every one of the apartments that have a trash compactor in it. It's maybe it's just because I've lived in the Midwest my whole life and we don't do that really. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. Uh, we don't usually do trash compactors in our apartments like we have we basically have dumpsters that we have to walk down to and then there's trash compactors in there but they're not in the wall right and what she's describing is in the wall and we don't we don't have ones like that or maybe maybe we're not that classy i don't know yeah and we will get more into the logistics of all of that but first um let's continue a little bit with this so the body was of 24 year old phoebe hanschuk Phoebe went down the garbage compactor from the 12th floor and landed in the bin below. This girl plunged 40 meters, feet first, hands by her sides, down a dark garbage chute. And for those of you who are non-metric, um, <laughs> like it. Yeah, I explain it later in. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay. I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, forty meters. I think it's usually about three feet to a meter. So I think it's about one hundred twenty feet or so. So that's a that's a long ways. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so this at the bottom is where she cut her foot. It almost severed her foot off completely. However, Phoebe was still alive at this point. It would take her about five minutes to bleed out fully. In those minutes, she tipped the trash bin over and crawled around the room looking for the door or for help. She was in complete darkness. Then she tragically passed alone in the dark and frightened. This in itself is the most horrible thing I've ever heard. I have never looked at a trash bin (laughs) or a compactor the same again. Yeah. This story makes my stomach turn. And in addition to the horrific nature of this case comes the perplexities it brings. We are just getting started because when we get to how Phoebe fell down the chute, this is where the real story begins. Right. So, yes, it's, it's a fear now. Never, never gonna look at one again. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Well, you're gonna get into logistics later, but yeah, I mean, most of the trash compactors that I've seen are not in a room either. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a weird thought too. But you mentioned it was like in a room with like a broom and some of the other sounds like janitorial type stuff or custodial. I guess is the proper term now. But 
Um, so, like, trying to picture the room, I just, I picture, like, a custodial closet, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but probably bigger than that if it's got, you know, where all the trash goes from, I mean, I think you said it was from, like, 12 floors up or something like that, so there's a lot of trash that goes in there, so it can't be a small room. Right. Um, there is a diagram. Um, I will put it on our Instagram so you can see. Um, I will also put... I didn't even know we had an Instagram, so go follow that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Our Instagram and our Facebook, I will put those on there. um, So you can see uh, pictures of the trash chute, pictures, uh, I mean everything, because this is a very visual case. Um, It's hard to really picture what is happening unless you see it. Um, And so I will put all of that on our social media what's crazy to me too is that that falling that far and she you know i mean i i say only that's a pretty big injury but only mostly severing your foot like you feel like that would be i don't know i mean yeah you're probably landing on trash so that probably cushions the fall a little bit but i feel like man you get hurt really bad falling that far so i'm kind of surprised that it was it's just a weird weird uh one thing to get injured too because it's kind of like what uh something sharp had to sever it you know right. yep um so let's talk about our girl phoebe a lot of this comes straight from phoebehandsjuck.com if you want to know how to spell that just to look at the <laughs> description and the title because yep. that's a very hard name yeah i bet but she is a name i will tell you that i always remember well, partially because you listened to so many of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she was born May 9th, 1986. She loved the ocean, and she was pretty popular in school. She had a lot of friends and played sports. Um, in some ways, she reminds me of me because I was described as sensitive and very compassionate a lot, and that is what she was. She's sensitive. Sensitive soul. Um, although she was a bit feisty. She cared and experienced emotions very deeply. She suffered from depression and anxiety um, and was seeking treatment from a counselor who was actively taking, and she was also actively taking the medication Cymbalta, described by her doctor. She frequently also took Stillnox, which is a sleeping pill. Uh, This is prescribed to Aunt, her boyfriend, but she also took it as well. Um... She loved to self-medicate with drugs and alcohol. Um, This is something that everyone talks about because... (sighs) People love to have reasons to blame it on. Blame, yes. And also, like, she was a very sensitive person. Um, And she's a very complex person. This isn't just um, black and white. So, um, but she was also, like, breathtakingly gorgeous. I mean, they say it on every podcast that every girl is pretty. Um, and that every girl is pretty. But she was, like, walk into a room and people stare pretty. Um, she had a very compassionate heart. Um, and she could have and should have went on to do amazing things. So let's dive into the timeline a little bit more, and I'll explain a little bit more of Phoebe's life. So about a year and a half before her death, um, she moved into the apartments that I just described with her boyfriend, Anthony. Ant is what he went by. 
Hamble. I figured, I was trying to figure out where that came from. I'm like, I'm sure that's going to come up later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, The two met when she was a receptionist at a hair salon and began dating in mid-2004. Aunt was 40 years old and already pretty established with a job at an event agency in a beautiful apartment that they shared. Not to mention that he is the rich son of a Supreme Court judge and stepson of a county court judge. Phoebe moved into the apartment in October 2009. She has has paid rent there and contributed financially with expenses. Phoebe had a part-time job working three days a week at an advertising agency. But Phoebe was just a struggling 24-year-old. She was battling with addiction. Like I said, she would go on benders to kind of cope with things. Um, She would not drink for a while, and then she would just get uncontrollably drunk. Uh, The people around her would describe her as being physically clumsy after drinking. Me too. Right. (laughs) Isn't everybody? Um, Some people describe Aunt as controlling in their relationship. Her psychiatrist explains that Phoebe told her that Aunt was verbally abusive. She left him four times in the six weeks leading up to her death. Somehow, he always managed to get her back. However, Aunt describes her struggle with alcohol as a battle with a monster in the Monster One. So as we can see here, there's two sides to every story. Um, And there's also very complex Phoebe. She was obviously dealing with a lot of addiction issues, um, but she was dealing with a relationship that was crumbling. She was probably not knowing where she was going to live if she left him, going back and forth. There was a lot going on in the weeks leading up to this. Yeah, and I, I hear a lot of red flags that we usually hear in cases, too. Like there, uh, And so when I hear that, I guess I think a lot of people who are probably going to blame it on this or that because usually it is just, you know, one thing will cause a case in other situations like the addiction. Um, you think about that, that happens a lot in other cases uh, where that's the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of the on and off again relationship. Well, that's where they usually blame the boyfriend. Um, it's, and it sounds like it's possible. It's also sometimes tends to be like, and with the verbal abuse and things like that, it tends to be signs of possibly there being a verbal, um, or not verbal, but a abusive relationship in general. Um, not saying any of these things are what's happening, but just all these different red flags that people are going to point to. Um, there's also like the power dynamic, the fact that it's the rich boyfriend mm-hmm. and with some pretty big parents. Yeah. With big, powerful parent that, that part. And I, I don't want to compare the two cause I have no clue what's happening on this case. I don't know anything really past what we've already talked about, but it makes me immediately think of the Murdoch cases because mm-hmm. they're, they were, their family was in law and things like that. And so immediately you get con- uh, conspiracy theories out there too. Yeah. You get all the people out there going out. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. they're part of a legal family. They, they know how to know how the law works. They know how to 
even if that's not what happened, that immediately if you hear that, you know, people are going to say, yep, well, that's one of the, that's definitely a theory. Um, and I also wanted to paint the bigger picture too. Um, I want you to see this case from all sides because it is a case where we don't have full answers. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to, from the beginning, kind of see the big biggest picture you can paint is kind of where I'm going with this. That all way right. you guys can narrow it down and tell me what you think. Um, so in the days leading up to the incident, Phoebe was drinking a lot. She had went on a bender, and she was drinking on the day that she died. However, she did have plans that night. On that day, she um, was meeting her father, Lynn, and aunt for dinner. In the meantime, she was hanging around the apartment. Um, a fire alarm went off in the building at 1144. It was not an actual fire, but just an alarm. Um, Phoebe was captured on CCTV. TV footage leaving the apartment at 11.42 with her dog, Yoshi, then returning to the 12th floor at 11.50. So, by the way, this is the only footage we'll ever get, so don't hold your breath on that one. Yeah, I was sitting here going, I, <laughs> you know, this is mid, like, I don't know what, 2000s, I guess, early. is what you want to call that day, early 2010s, I guess. However you... However you call those decades. Um, so it's like kind of right before security cams were super cheap, but and it was they still existed. So, I mean, they're not like now where we have one on every single doorbell, but they're not, you know, not that few and far between. And it's kind of weird, too. It's a luxury apartment. You'd think they would have more security cameras. Mm -hmm. um, so this was the last time that Phoebe was seen alive. Then we know that the door swipe logs on the apartment building um, say that Aunt came home and entered the car lot at 6.09. In between that, there are logs from an iMac computer. So a digital forensic analysis, um, this guy named Alexander Robinson did this report. Um, he basically looked at the computer, which is crazy, and could map out everything that they did in all of those hours. So every time the computer was active or did anything. Um, so I'm going to kind of read some word for word, but kind of try to paraphrase as well. Um, so on that day, um, email and Safari files were created at 847 and 850. Um, then Safari files again created at 9.15 and Entourage files at 11.24. Following the alarm, the iMac again records files that were created at 12.01, 12.02 in GarageBand. Um, that's basically for performing, recording music, da-da-da-da. Um, they were used from 12.01 to about 219. However, he is unsure if someone was on that app doing that or if the program updated at that time. So these when you these times are given, these are like the morning afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. Leading up to okay. Yep. I just wanted to make sure it's not like you know, like over like after, after. nope. This events. is that whole day. Yeah, from okay. when they woke up to when they went to bed. Okay. 
Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. He said that there was a, a big gap between 12.02 and 6.18, which no computer files were created or written that he believes were by a person. Like, fully by a person. Yeah, and so, I mean, I could actually... Not to brag, I could. <laughs> you could do this. I, I could do this. Yeah. Like I, I work in IT, and I could. I, I am not licensed. It, well, it's not really a license, but like I don't have a degree in computer forensics. But I've worked on computers enough to know that what they're kind of what they're talking about is basically like file stamps on every file, mm -hmm. and they can basically search the entire computer and see what file was created what the file stamp was and the file stamps basically what time it was created things like that and when they're saying when they're talking about automatically created files what you don't realize is like even when your computer's asleep it's still doing things like it, it can still be a virus scan can go through and check and see and then it could create new files like log files um, it could just go through and do Windows updates or, in this case, uh, Macs updates because, you know, it's Mac, not Windows. But anyways, that's all boring. But there's so many so many automated tasks that can actually create a file that that's not that weird that you see files that you can't verify if it's a human or not. Right. And what was interesting was I actually, like, researched that and figured that out mm -hmm. doing this case. And I was like, whoa, like... Yeah. I should have just asked Drew, but <laughs> um, because like basically what he's saying was at 12.02, um, between 12.02 and 6 p.m., there were things happening on the computer at 2 o'clock, but he can't verify that that was her doing mm -hmm. that um, because we're looking at, is she alive? Is she dead? What's she doing? Right. Da, 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 da. Um, he can say that the files created after 6 p.m. he believes were by a person. And this was 619, 701, 739, and 740. Right, and the, I think where he's getting what he believes is user created versus not is like we mentioned like, okay, so if it was an antivirus or an update or something, like it, that's, who knows, but when it's like a web search, it's like, okay, well, you don't have any automated things on your computer going and doing web searches. Like right. it's got to be a human doing. Or accessing with, an email. Or same like with GarageBand. Like nobody, your computer's not going to be automatically creating songs. It'd be cool. <laughs> be cool, but it's not a thing. Well, not AI. yet. We're not yet. AI, AI might start doing it, but not not yet. Yep. Um, so that tells us that on the morning um, after the fire alarm till maybe one um, is when things were active. Um, that's being generous and giving a big gap till 6 p.m. when someone accessed it. Phoebe's exact time of death cannot be nailed down for a couple reasons. One is no one at the scene checked her body. That means the person who found her, the EMS, the coroner, anyone who saw that scene, no one checked her body. I, for a pulse, for temperature, nothing. That doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. Farewell. <laughs> yeah. Well, so they're just saying like it looked like she died. So yeah. they they just like they didn't check to see if she was really dead. They just or are you saying like 
when you mean they don't didn't check it, they didn't check for things that you would find that would give you a time of death, but they knew she was dead from checking her pulse at least, or I, I don't know. From what I understand, no one touched that body. See, that's so messed up, because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, people can still be alive and have a faint pulse or mm-hmm. whatever, you know? Like, that's that's pretty messed up that they didn't, they just assumed. Uh, so this is a... This is an ongoing thing that happened. I don't remember where it happened, and this is going to unlock a new fear for you and everybody else. Great. Um, I, I heard a case a couple days ago. Not really a case, but I heard a, uh, there was an older lady who actually, they... Uh, I heard this. Yeah, they oh. <laughs> they um, said that she was dead, did a birth certificate, or birth certificate, death certificate. They... Um, had her ready for the funeral and all of that and put her in the casket and we're having the funeral and could actually hear her like um, something move basically and like she was alive and had very faint breathing but there you know she was she was and they they said uh, on the show I was watching they said that it's possible that you can get to a state where you're basically your body temperature gets so cold and your pulse gets so faint that it's hard to detect and so they think maybe that's what happened is that like they thought she had no pulse because of her body temperature getting so low but really she did uh, have a pulse and she was still alive I don't know I'm not a doctor all I know is it's a thing that happened, and... That is crazy. To me, that hearing that and then hearing that they didn't check her body is crazy to me, because if that can happen, I feel like it could be possible that they just didn't realize because they didn't check that she was mm-hmm. might have had faint vital signs. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it was like five minutes until she bled out. Like, she could have still been on that maybe side yeah like like maybe um they could have done something with like transfusions and stuff or Mm -hmm. something so for that reason we don't know um the estimated time of death is between 12 and 7 30 p.m that's a huge window yep big big time gap so 12 12 is the cc tv footage right Mm -hmm. and so they're they're like at least that and then Seven is probably because that's when they found her, I'm guessing. Yeah. Close to it. Okay. Yep. Um, so I think that that is because the cleaning staff works from seven till noon. So it's like kind of like a shift change almost. Yep. And then after that is when the contrier service or whatever mm-hmm. is responsible for any other cleaning duties. So, so also, that goes from 12 to 7. So also, to <clears throat> clean up the timeline a little bit, too, you said the boyfriend got there at, like, 6-something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like... Yeah, I can go back and tell you. Like, probably, like, um, an hour-ish, half-hour before they found her. Yep. 6.09. 6.09. So about, about an hour before the latest window of when they think she might have passed. Mm-hmm. Because they're saying she was found around 7.09. Okay, so an hour later. Yep. So they're giving us a timeline between 12.03 and 7.09. Right. And he showed up at 6.09. Yep. Um, And while we are on the subject, uh, the door to the room that Phoebe was found in, um, it locks from the outside. Okay. So it requires a key. So what they kind of said in the research was 
you have your cleaning staff who comes in at seven, leaves at noon, they lock that door. Then if like anybody else needs cleaning supplies, they have a key. The front desk has a key. But when you say locks from the outside, that means like, does that mean that she couldn't have gotten out or does that mean she could still get out? Um, like if she had been able to get to the door and find it from the outside, I'm guessing that just means that there's like just a, the, you turn the key on the outside, but you can still yeah. get, get out if you were in stuck inside it. I, I would assume, I, I don't think know. So. I, I think, yes, I think if she was able, she could have opened the door. I mean, I've, I've, I know that that exists, that there are doors where you, you know, if the door shuts and you're in the room, you're just locked in there, but that seems kind of odd for right. that, but it's possible. Yep. Um, I think also this was to say that there was nobody able to get into that room. Other than people with the key. Yeah. Yep. Right. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I was just kind of curious because I did wonder if like she was locked in there Mm -hmm. as part of it too. So what did Ant see when he entered the apartment that night? According to the coroner's inquest, when Ant got home, Phoebe's private Gmail account was still open. He states that Phoebe was not there. He said that there was broken glass in the kitchen. He said there were post-it notes and lit candles in the apartment. This is a weird little detail that Aunt describes as a shrine in his statements. However, Phoebe was an avid writer and kept journals. There was no suicide note, just some notes and some candles. Also, there were a couple drops of blood on the iMac laptop maps. It appeared that she had been drinking vodka. Her purse, keys, and wallet were still in the apartment. Aunt said that he was concerned and immediately tried looking for her. He called her father and said that, and then he said he had not heard from her. This was interesting because her dad had just tried to call Phoebe's phone just minutes before that. But as Aunt talked about in his timeline, the iPhone was in for repair that day. So this was strange because was this a timing coincidence? Basically her dad called to check on her, say like, hey, we're gonna meet here still, da 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 because they were going out that night, remember? The dad, the... The dad she and was aunt and Phoebe were mm, all going out okay. for dinner. I, I didn't remember, but now I do. <laughs> yep. Um, so her dad called to check on her. Minutes after that, aunt called him back, kind of. But aunt says, oh no, her phone was not there. It was in for repair. Right. So I didn't even know that her dad had called. I just called him looking for Phoebe. Yeah, and I, on on this one, I don't know, this might be a thing that didn't happen because it I you will find out I guess if it went to trial or not or anything, but um I feel like they can figure that out through phone cell phone records because like yes, you can't know an exact location based on cell phone records, but if it's like depending on the store that the phone's getting fixed at that's probably in a completely different part of town or at least a different enough part of town to where they wouldn't be paying off the same cell phone towers. Mm-hmm. But I, the comment on there that I was trying to figure out was the, the shrine comment. Mm. Uh, it didn't really make sense to me. Um, 
is he is he saying it's a, a shrine as in like a uh like you're gonna find this after i pass kind of thing yeah that's what he alluded to okay because there was lit candles and notes okay um, so he was like oh she's setting up for like you're gonna find this after i'm passed right okay okay but there wasn't anything that was like like a suicide note or anything like right, that. Right. There was no actual right. more note, which to there me... There was the, just candles, which girls love candles. <laughs> help it, okay? The, yeah. um, the thing that I was thinking of was the broken glass. Like, so mm-hmm. that to me, um, I don't know, you kind of put the pieces together, together earlier. She was a clumsy drunk. Yep. And... Not that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> so saying like it's true though. Well, I know, but um, but saying that she was a uh, a clumsy drunk, she was drinking vodka. There was broken glass and mm-hmm. blood on the laptop. Kind of sets it up, and then where she uh, where she went was the trash compactor, and probably you would assume throwing away broken glass. Mm-hmm. So like it, that's kind of. Um, I don't know. That to me paints a picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, not saying that is what happened, but saying that is a, a possibility. Yep. Um, so back to these phone calls. Um, Leonard, who is Phoebe's dad, thought it was very strange because Aunt had never called him before. Never. Um, so he was like, "This, there's something off with this." Now, remember, Aunt is calling to say. I'm looking for Phoebe. She's not here. So Uh I would call someone's dad that I've never called if I was looking for them, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's... There's two sides to every story. You can explain everything There's situations, yeah. I mean, like, in desperate situations, you would call people's family members who you don't normally call much. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I I think the weird thing to me there is how quickly he jumped to, like, where is she? Mm-hmm. That part's a little weird because he he kind of jumped to you like I've been in the apartment for thirty minutes. Yeah, there's, and I, I guess like if he thought that really wasn't something that looked like a shrine, like maybe he got concerned then. But since there was no note, mm-hmm. I mean, unless and here's no, no no concrete proof to this in any way. So I'm I'm not accusing anybody. Um, mm-hmm. but just what if aunt took the note there was a note but aunt took it because there was something in it about him that mm. he didn't want the police seeing that's a that's a good point because there was also we talked about earlier verbal abuse and things like that maybe she said something in the note and aunt was like i don't want the police blaming me for it yep so i i didn't think about Very that till possible. just now i'm not saying that's what happened just pointing out possibilities right so, I mean, we're looking at this scene and we're, we're taking everything in here. Um, <laughs> I don't know what my mind would go to if I was aunt, but I'd kind of wonder if she was locked out because she doesn't have her keys. She doesn't have her phone. She doesn't have her wallet. Yeah. It seems like she went somewhere either in the building or she's outside saying, hey, I can't get back in. The, the only thing different to me would be the blood and broken glass part yeah. like i would be wondering if she like went to the hospital or something you know like had stitches or something like that like had to go get stitches very true like if it was a uh, but if it was i mean they describe it as just a couple drops of blood on the, the mm-hmm. macbook so like that's not usually 
you wouldn't think stitches, but I mean, I, I guess if you come home and you find broken glass and a little bit of blood, you're probably just going to be worried either way. Right. So with all this worry, what did Aunt do, right? Well, when he got off the phone with her father, he lit a cigarette, had a beer, fed the dogs, and waited in hopes she would walk in the door. He also ordered takeout, for one, from the same restaurant that they had plans to go to that night with her father. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I, timeline maybe it makes a it difference, well but no, <laughs> it doesn't sound great. That was another thought I did have, and I'm not, not vouching for him here, but I, I wondered it too if the reason why he called her dad was thinking, okay, maybe since we all have plans to go together, maybe she already went to mm -hmm. his house or something, and I just can't reach her. Yeah. I, I don't know, but the takeout for one from the same restaurant they're going to, it, it kind of seems like he gave up on her pretty quick. Yeah, and I mean, he just does a lot of stuff where you're like, dude, why would you do that? But at the same time, he's dealing with someone, maybe he's like, my crazy drunk girlfriend yeah, I was gonna say, went maybe, outside and got lost. Maybe I'm it's not happened go before. Find her because this has happened before, she'll come back. Right. Or whatever, you know? And I'm not saying that's defense in any. It's, it's hard. And to, I am not calling Phoebe crazy, right. by the way. I'm just saying maybe well, that was in his head. That's where it felt bad, me saying that she was a clumsy drunk because it was, you know, it sounds insulting, but I just, I mean, we're all. When we drink, we get clumsy. I, right. It's not it meant to be an insult. Right. We're definitely on Phoebe's side here. We're just throwing everything out there. So, when the takeout person arrived to deliver his food, he said, dude, there's police downstairs. Like, a whole bunch of police. Because this, in the timeline, is when they're finding Phoebe. To me, that also means, like, Aunt probably heard the sirens. Because, mm -hmm. I mean... Police don't just show up quietly. Right. right. They almost never show up quietly, especially, you know, they're not going to show up to a scene quietly if it's like, oh, we just found somebody that we think's deceased. Right. Like, they're not just going to show up, no sirens on. Like, mm -hmm. and if you've ever lived in an apartment complex, whenever anybody has the police come to any apartment, everybody hears it. Mm -hmm. And then you have like everybody standing looking out their windows. So basically, that's when he was like, oh, maybe something's happening with my girlfriend who's not here. And he went downstairs, told him, told the police, hey, my girlfriend's also missing. They told him a person has been found deceased. Didn't tell him gender or anything about it, just mm -hmm. person's found deceased. He gave the description of Phoebe to the police and then he was told to go back upstairs. So that's what he did. So he just assumed it was probably not her then uh, or or he is assuming it's her he's freaking mm. out we don't know right um police later came up and confirmed that it was phoebe aunt stated that they were soon going to go on a getaway vacation and phoebe was very much looking forward to it Aunt also gave some other interesting details in his interviews with police he focused a lot on her mental state saying that he believed she took her own life. He blamed the mix of alcohol and depression. He said she would get so down that she would cut herself at some times. He said that after a fight that he and Phoebe had, he told her friend, she told her friend, she was going to throw herself off the balcony. 
He also gave the information that no one had access to their apartment except him, Phoebe, a cleaning lady, and a man that rented a parking spot from him occasionally. Ant did not recall if the door was locked or unlocked when he returned home. So, uh, one thing, one thing important to note here, um, and I guess two, th- uh, maybe that was one I didn't think about this until now. That probably was a trigger warning thing. So sorry to anybody. Um, well, we did one at the top. We did one at the top this too, is, but yeah, this, the, all of this is bad. So just know that. But um, to anybody who is going through depression, that is a thing to note: is um, alcohol is a um, I don't know what you would say the proper term would be. It's a, that's what I was going to say is depressant, uh, downer, um, however you, right. However you want to say that, um, if you are going through depression, I know it's easy to preach, but like, um, it might make it feel good for a bit, but it ends up actually making it feel worse, especially like afterwards. Uh Uh, so be very careful with that because that is real like you if you're if you're depressed and you use alcohol there's a good chance you end up even more depressed Mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about more the the toxicology and things here in a little bit too Mm -hmm. um and we can get a little bit more into what's going on i mostly wanted to mention that for anybody going through it because i can Mm -hmm. i can say myself like i've been dealing with depression and had alcohol and it actually makes things worse mm-hmm. um which is actually a reason why i really really try to stay away from it if i'm you know feeling any of that but uh and yeah. if you or anyone you know needs help um i'll put some resources below um i always do um to to find the help that you need um don't be shy or scared to ask for help because things like this could happen so right and that's why i'm trying to talk about it here too just to say don't be afraid to talk about it yep because uh we got to talk about it for other people to know like hey somebody else has had those issues and somebody else has you know had it do that to them and maybe it maybe somebody hears it and goes man that sounds a lot like something that i've felt before after having depression and also having alcohol so yep yeah, don't be afraid to talk about it. Yep. Um, so, one of the most interesting interesting things that Aunt brought up was a text message that he and then some of her family members got the day before her death. Now, I'm going to read this text message. I don't know what to make of it. So here <laughs> okay. we go. Quote, I'm in bed about to go to sleep. When I wake, I will transform into the most incredible human being. Not, I will go to the hospital. It's much safer there. I hear the special tonight is tomato soup. Delicious, nutritious. I love you all very much, but not enough to send an individual text. Sorry, but it's time to sleep and I must be on my way. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. I have no idea what to make of that, but there you go. So two thoughts there one you said she was a writer Mm -hmm. so part of me thinks that was um you know maybe and i don't know how she has texted in the past but or how out of the normal that is but i mean i feel like if she's a writer then 
she's might be trying to be creative and it also sounds like she's just kind of trying to be a little silly like i don't mm-hmm. i don't hear that as um i don't hear that as something people say this is big. a suicide note i don't I don't think that. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. Is I don't think that. I don't. I think it I don't could feel be a call for help. Yeah. Well, and the beginning of it almost sounds kind of motivational, right? Like she says that she's going to be a better human being tomorrow, mm-hmm. and uh, like maybe she's maybe in that she is and being like, yeah, I'm, I'm battling through a lot, but like tomorrow. I'm either going to be really good or I'm going to go get the help I need. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I definitely don't think it's a suicide note, mm-hmm. but I, I could see it being a admission of I'm battling through a lot mm-hmm. and, you know, need to try to do something to get better. Right. So it is important to note that Phoebe was seeing a psychiatrist about her mental health. She was trying to get her mind right. Um, everyone that worked with her explained that she was depressed, but they didn't believe she was in intimate danger or of hurting herself or others. Um, so they didn't think she was going to do anything right away. Basically. Yeah, and I, I will also say one other thing that makes sense about that text mm-hmm. um, is, to me at least, is a lot of people, myself included, will use humor in serious situations mm-hmm. to try to you know mask things that are going on so like when she's you know doing the merrily 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 life is but a dream like she and talking about the specials and things like that like a lot of people will do that when it's like i don't want to bring somebody else down right so i'm i'm gonna kind of like i'll say a little bit but also try to make people laugh Mm -hmm. so that's a that's a thing too yeah um that makes sense to me uh, but I still don't think it's a note yeah uh, and it's interesting too that none of her um, physicians I guess you would say mm-hmm. thought she was at that point right so let's talk about the coroner's finding um, in reference to the scene because as you will see this is where it gets a little crazy um, so Phoebe was found face up on the floor in what they called the refuge room, um, or basically the gar- the garbage room, um, she was by the only door, in or out. She was dressed in a gray tank top. She had blue jeans and a black belt. Her pants were pulled down below her thighs. The injury she died from was to her right leg. The injury almost took off her leg completely and it was about two inches above her ankle. Um, The coroner wrote that she had many cuts and abrasions to the back of her legs and her bottom. The investigators took fingerprinting from various areas, including the garbage entry on the 12th floor. This is where I want to remind you that there was a small piece of blood on the keyboard of the computer but no blood found on the hatch. Okay. Okay. Um, Ant had said in his interviews that he believed that a bag pictured in the garbage bin was the same from his apartment. However, no attempt. Okay, okay. hold on. <laughs> okay. <Back laughs> a bag, 
I, I, I dispute <laughs> that one because if you've ever thrown trash away, all of almost all of the bags look exactly the same. True. Like, true. Did they have like a blue bag, like <laughs> like a completely different color Maybe bag than like a black one that had like a orange drawstring? There's the probably still white. a lot of those. I know. I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not saying it's crazy. I yeah, know. I know. I just I'm like, man, I don't, I don't. <clears throat> that one's weird to me. Um, yeah, this was to prove like what is she throwing if, away? If you ask me, was there in, anything thrown away? If you ask me in an insanely important time to identify my trash bag in a bag or a pile full of trash bags, I'm not gonna identify it. I'm not gonna know which one's mine. No way. I'll, I'll guess. Uh, I'll be like, I think mine are the white ones. Uh, <laughs> I, think they, I think they had the blue string, so like, that narrows it down to like twenty. Right. Uh, that one's that one's off to me. Um, Another point too, before we get too far away from it, is yes. the on the blood on the hamper. Mm-hmm. It, I, I could see it if it happened to one hand, then maybe she used the other hand on the hamper. True. Um, that on would the hatch. be a yeah, hatch. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that was my only thought there. Is like, okay, if it was a one hand injury, um, maybe she used the other hand. You still think you'd see like drops of blood on the way though? Yeah. Like a, a trail of blood, like even mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Okay, so um, back to the garbage bag. He said it was the same from his apartment. However, no attempt was made by police to link anything to the apartment. That's what I was wondering is, like, why wouldn't they check what's in the bag then? If he was so sure it was theirs, why wouldn't he check to see if they had, like, mail in it that was you know addressed to them yeah or broken glass well yeah anything identifiable from the apartment right i Um, mean there's got to be dna too if they wanted to go that far with it right uh by the very next day the police believed it was suicide investigation and not homicide that's what i was kind of thinking as they were like yeah no i think we already know what it is so we don't have to take it quite that far yep. like we don't have to do that much verifying we're already pretty sure we know what it is yep so they didn't do much of like dna or anything like that um okay so the designer of the shoot um said to police that the unit had been in auto mode it would have been necessary for someone to switch it to manual for a body to back to pass through in one piece so let's go back and read that again the unit had been in auto mode it would have been necessary for someone to switch it to manual for a body to pass through in one piece so they're saying it was not in auto mode it was in manual and it had to have been switched into manual because if it was in auto she would be in pieces so this um this is where i wish i was a trash compactor expert right Um, (laughs) doesn't everybody (laughs) i uh i don't know the mechanics of how that works right right? so what i'm picturing at least and i don't know if this is right or not but what i'm picturing is that the actual trash compactor part of it takes place at the bottom usually Mm -hmm. is that right yep okay so there's nothing in the chute that breaks up the trash it's just at the bottom where it compacts it and if it's auto it's gonna say hey something landed here 
we're going to compact it. Start crushing, yeah. Right. But if it's in manual, something lands in there and it's like, hey, you still got to push the button if you want it to be compacted. Right. But there's okay. still very sharp pieces at the bottom. And that's what she cut her foot on. Right. The things that would compact the trash and would kind of tear it down. Exactly. See, so, that's not where I was picturing, oddly enough, that she injured her foot. Um mm-hmm. I thought maybe, but there would be more blood here on the hamper, on the, um, what'd you call it? The door? The chute, yeah. The, the door to the chute. I, I thought maybe the chute closed as she went through it. Mm. And like, so maybe the, you know, like got her heel or something as she was going down the chute. Well, remember she went feet first. I didn't remember that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> okay. So that is, that theory is absolutely not right. Yes. <laughs> Um, so what you're picturing is interesting because in the picture, so I was picturing the same thing. I was picturing one big garbage bin, mm-hmm. right? At the very bottom. At the very bottom of the chute. The trash goes down the chute, goes into the bin, and the the big bin can packs everything and shoots it out somewhere else basically which right? in the ones that we've seen That's usually and it usually they just like it's like the walls close almost right and not i don't know if they had blades at the bottom maybe they did and we just right. didn't know but so the diagram i saw on the coroner's request of the trash shoot was very different than that what it had was like what you roll out to your curb mm-hmm. they had like five of them on a turning wheel okay okay kind of so like when, a lazy susan almost yes, like a lazy suit and that's kind of uh one gets full the next one spins around it's kind of uh why is it lazy susan why isn't it like lazy dave like <laughs> all right anyways sexist. sorry yeah sexist is what i was going for that i was saying like in my head i was like anti-feminist and i'm like i don't know if that's i don't think that's right (laughs) so i don't understand exactly where she cut her foot if that's the diagram unless every single trash can has blades Blades at the bottom bottom. or maybe there's a compactor in the middle and that's what she fell into but it said that she knocked over a trash can so maybe she did try to climb out and knocked one of them over yeah, it does actually make more sense to me you saying she went feet first and then her cutting her foot on something, mm-hmm. though, because, like... Yep, she went feet first. Right, because that's why I was picturing feet last and it getting her on the way into the hamper, but, like, if she's landing on her feet, like, she could even... It could even be, like, glass, like, broken glass mm, or... That's true, yeah. You know, like, it... I feel like it'd be hard for broken glass to, like, sever, almost sever her foot. Like, that's... But it's she's a pretty major she is injury. going fast though. Because yeah, how many she flights is. is she going? Like that thing is flying. And there's really, I mean, trying to determine that. Like I know we know a lot in terms of like not we as in, I mean, you and me know a, a pretty good amount, but in more and broader terms, like the the community that does like the forensics uh, afterwards, they know, they know a lot. But I mean, to determine the physics of falling fourteen or twelve was it fourteen? floors or some, something like 14 said. floors and um determining how landing from falling 14 floors and what you landed on and what could have caused the cut in that fall like that seems like that'd be almost impossible to prove for like 
Nobel-winning physicists. Right. That seems pretty tough. And you know what would be really awesome is if we knew all of this stuff because the police investigate. Right, yeah. But we don't, we have to guess. And that's why there's so much, like, questioning in this So it ends up creating the mysteries. Right. I have noticed, doing how many of these podcasts, (laughs) that when the police drop the ball, that is when a case is the most mysterious because we don't have any answers to anything. We gotta check. We probably gotta be getting close to 100, don't we? Probably. Yeah, we'll have to see when that is. But, um, yeah, so that's what I was kind of thinking is uh, even thinking about, like, the Kurt Cobain one, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody now has all these conspiracies and I shouldn't say now like it just happened like it's been for like 20 years like it happened in like 92 or 93, 94, probably I think 94 actually mm-hmm. and so it's it's been a thing for a long time but like the conspiracies started not too long after and the reason why is because the police were kind of just like yeah I mean this is open and shut case he obviously did it right and then afterwards people started saying but is it really and then because the police are like this was a high profile case we want to get it closed they closed it as that's what it was and there's a suicide no foul play we're not looking into it anymore and that just made everybody for like two and a half decades um uh, probably close to three now of people just going I don't know if that's what happened or not because they didn't fully investigate it right so yeah you're absolutely right and that that case is what makes me think of that yep okay so if we're talking about the shoot being in auto mode was that shoot in auto mode well we don't know Yeah, I I, I don't. (laughs) Um, The police are not sure if it was when they looked at the scene, and they never really gave us answers to this. Um, In addition to this, it is written on the coroner's report that there's no usable fingerprints were found at all. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't you think that somebody would... I'm I'm sure there's no usable fingerprints because everybody's pushing the same button to turn it on to auto and manual. It's like everybody in the... Everybody in the entire place that had access to it was probably pushing that button. But uh, um, I would think you would switch it to manual when you come in and it has that little kind of carousel type Lazy Susan thing that's spinning around. Like, I I, I think, I don't know. I don't, that's odd, but I think it could be explained, I guess. Right. So let's talk about this garbage chute. The chute is small. Like, when you first think of a trash chute, you think of it being pretty big. If you, okay, so if you're on YouTube, I will definitely post a picture. If you are a podcast listener, I'm gonna try to make this our cover for this so that when you click on the episode, that's the picture that comes up. Because I want everyone to see this chute. It looks like Almost like when you're, when you drive up to a book thing at the library, like a mm. book drop at the library, that's what it almost looks like. So that's like. even smaller than what I pictured because yeah. I, I mean, I picture, I pictured a square that was like, I don't know, two or three feet by two or three feet. It like, does tell us the, um, the things here in a minute. Okay. Um, it is off the ground, just so you know that. So keep that in mind. It's like middle of the wall. Which I kind of, I don't know how it normally is, but that's what I pictured. Right. 
Um, Phoebe is 125 pounds and about 5'5". So she is a small little girl. Um, the chute's entry hatch was situated in the wall of the 12th floor of the building apartments. The chute was narrow and measured 14.5 by 8.6 inches. 14.5 by 8? Mm-hmm. That's... That's crazy. I... I that... It seems physically impossible. Because that's just over a foot by just less than a foot. Yep. So, I mean, like... She's cramming herself in there. Yeah, like, you, it'd be really difficult to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying impossible, but difficult. The vertical chute was made of brushed steel and had a diameter of 20 inches. So, basically, the opening is that small and then it gets a little wider once it gets into the chute. Yep. Okay. Which is still, 20 inches is still less than two feet. It's still not much. Yes. This thing is pretty small. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I even to put trash in there, you're jamming... I think your description of... Because that's what I'm thinking of size-wise now, is your description of a library book drop mm-hmm. makes... That actually is what I Yeah, and it's got a hatch like. like that. Like, you open it, and it kind of, like, slams shut, you know? Mm-hmm. like Which is why I thought maybe metal. it... I thought first maybe it slammed on her heel, because I thought maybe it slammed shut on her heel, right. but no. Okay, so Phoebe's blood alcohol level was .16. She was highly intoxicated. Yeah, so in the U.S., legal limit's usually .08. Yep. So it's double the le- twice the legal limit. Yep. Uh, also, I, I keep forgetting to do this, um, but so let's address the elephant in the room. How crazy is it that it's feet first? Yes, we're going to get to that. I think we're going to get to that more, but like I keep thinking about it every time I hear it. I'm like, feet first? That's... Yep. That seems... And not only... It just it seems hard to do, even. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, and I'll get into it more, um, hopefully here in a little bit. But um, they did a 60 Minutes Australia. Oh, yeah, it's in my next little bit. Um, and they showed, basically, Phoebe's dad hired these people to, it was a girl that was about the same height, same weight as Phoebe. Um, she gets into the shoot how Phoebe would have to do it. And she has to stand up on the chute, hold onto the wall and the ceiling, with it open, like holding it open. She's standing vertically, then shove her body down into the chute, still while watching to make sure she doesn't slam her hands down, because she had no damage to her hands. Uh-huh. And then shimmy down it. Which again, weird no damage to your hands, because that's what I was thinking the blood probably came from on the laptop. Right. I guess maybe that's no major damage, but... Right. I mean... And I, I hope... It is, uh, the video is jarring. Go watch that. You guys, you guys should definitely watch the Spotify if that's what you normally listen to, but then also go check the YouTube, because Sarah just mimed that out. <laughs> 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 she was talking with her hands there. She yeah. was trying to paint a picture. So mm-hmm. if you want to see that, go check the YouTube one, too. Because, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I have in my resources, I have that, um, si- the whole 60 minutes. But if you just type in Phoebe Hansjack, um shoot 
on YouTube, it shows the experiment. And I mean, so to not leave prints anywhere, this girl is touching the ceiling, she's touching the chute, she's touching the well, wall. That was funny to me too, is that's how you can tell how it's making you feel uncomfortable too, because it's like making you feel so uncomfortable that you're like acting it out. You're I know. Like uncomfortably. It, it gives me claustrophobia even. Yeah, like that's sure. the kind of movements you have, is like I'm getting claustrophobic trying to act it out even. Right. So there has to be prints somewhere, but they say no usable prints. Now that means there could have been prints, but they weren't usable. Right, I like don't know. other other people, um, you know, touched the same areas, or there was smudges. I, you know, things like that. The people on the other side, this drives me insane. They said it a couple of times. They're like, "Well, she was fit and adventurous, and she loved to climb," but that doesn't <laughs> mean anything. Even if you love to climb, you don't climb in a damn garbage chute. Uh, that's where I was going to go hell? with it. I'm like, yeah, Fit Adventures loves to climb, but nobody... You say that to somebody and nobody goes, yeah, that obviously includes garbage chutes. Right, let alone like she... Like, let's say she was so out of it, she didn't think about it. Like, just to do that while intoxicated, you're thinking about walking a straight line. <laughs> this girl has to climb into a garbage chute trash. And again, they said she was clumsy. Yep. Uh, when she drank, so she had to, she was twice the legal limit and had to do that thing that you have to be a little coordinated to do, mm-hmm. or a lot coordinated to do. So here's the toxicology. So this is, we're going to, we're going to show how intoxicated she was. So ethanol, 0.16, zolapidum, 0.2. So this is ambient. Oh, okay. This is used for sleeping. This is a sedative. I will say, um, I've heard this before. Um, don't know much about it. Never done anything about it. Don't recommend people doing it. But I've heard that alcohol and things like Ambien mixed together can cause some um, almost like hallucination type things. Okay. They can be really... Um, mixing those two are not, not good from what I've heard, basically. Okay. Uh, so just a a thought there if the hallucination thing because I know that's kind of how um, you think of uh, who was it at the Cecil? Elisa Lamb. Elisa Lamb. A lot of people think that she had hallucinations and things like that mm-hmm. and uh, that's a thing that they have. I mean it could it yeah th- she could have been hallucinating for sure. And that's that's why they think Elisa Lamb ended up the way she did which I don't want to go too much into that but it's a right. different case. Um, so then we have quinine, 1.4. That's used for leg cramps. Yeah, I don't know what that Dioxlidine, is. 400. That is Cymbalta. That's her depression med. Okay. Then you have... I am really murdering all of these We things. are not pharmacists. Dexterforian. Basically, she took Robitussin for mm. her cough. So this girl is on... Was she sick? I don't think so. Because that's another thing. Because um, uh, another thing people do, like that's a a little thing, a little thing. That's a the thing that Lil Wayne was doing. Right. Like he taking was, Robitussin. yeah, taking Robitussin and alcohol together, and it would put him in the hospital. Well, she had ethanol, sleeping pill, whatever for leg cramps, which doesn't really matter. Yeah, that, yeah. Cymbalta, and then Robitussin. So, so this girl cocktail was. Of stuff. Sleepy. Yeah. This girl was very, very, very impaired. Mm-hmm. Um, the cause of death is multiple injuries or blood loss. Um, 
so she could have been sleepwalking. That's definitely a thing. The combination of sleep, sleeping pills and alcohol. Um, I will say, I, I mean, I this is not determined I, at all, but I will say that um, I don't think I've ever heard of people really sleep climbing. But, I mean, that, it's not impossible. Um, in the CCTV footage of her leaving with her dog when the fire alarm went off, she, you can see her stumbling a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it is not falling down. It is not super impaired. Now, she could have done all of this after then. Right. So, that doesn't really say anything. But just thought I'd point that out. Um, Which, because, yeah, like, her dog <clears throat> was... That was at, like, 12, right? Yep. And then, like, they know between 12 and 7, so, like... Yeah. She had plenty of time to do those things. Yep. So, with all of this in her system, she would have been very impaired and very uncoordinated. Um, keep that in mind, and the fact that she went down that chute feet first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the coroner believes that Phoebe entered the chute alive and alone. He believes that she was so impaired that she climbed in the chute, and there is no rhyme or reason to why she did this. However, his strong beliefs on this is because he says her injuries are consistent with a free fall. She did not stop herself. She did not try to stop herself when she was flying down that chute. How would you... How would you, though? You I mean, just try to put your hands I mean, on them. A, a, I think she had to, right? Because if, if you jumped off of a... And I, there's no scientific... I'm, I'm saying this with no scientific evidence. <laughs> like, if you jumped off of a 12th floor and you just free fell, I don't think you would come out with it only just like a... Like a mostly... I don't even know what it would be. Mostly cut off foot, basically. Uh -huh. Like, it, it would be broken bones and they like... They said she just, had injuries to her bottom and to her legs and... Yeah, but we're talking like most people probably wouldn't survive just that part like with no other things to cut you like okay. you're jumping from the 12th floor the only explanation i have here to why she didn't try to stop herself is was if she was knocked out i think she did i think she did try to i think the corner is wrong about that part is what i'm thinking is mm -hmm. like she did try to stop herself mm -hmm. but like if you think of how you would stop yourself in that situation it's already kind of tight and so you just you know push your, like you said, push your hands oh, against it. Oh, here's another thing. Her hands were... Down at her side? Down at her sides. So she may not have been able... I mean, you could still make yourself wider. Try, A little yeah. bit. Try to. That's and another thing. They believe her hands were firmly at her sides. At her side. So, this is what I want to know. How did she get in the chute... Right. And her hands at her sides? And it not, like, hit her in the head. Like, yeah. Well, and she's how trying did she to even get, get down there? there? Because right. if you're... You're see, like if you pull that hatch down on top of you, your hands are up. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the hatch probably falls on its own. Right. But like it, it would hit her in the face. Like it would hit her in the head. Like it's all very odd. It the, is all very trying odd. to trying to picture how this would have worked, and that it it really is like I go back to the Kurt Cobain case. It's like kind of the same stuff people do with that. They're like, well, the shotgun in Kurt Cobain's case is too big for his body for if he were to be sitting like that. Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. It's just some of the things just don't add up um, right. in, in that way if you're sitting there drawing a diagram. So, a lot of people in her family, a lot of people around are just not convinced. 
A lot of people say if there's more information in this case, things would be clearer, but the investigators dropped the ball. They didn't process the body or the scene as such. They had a very narrow view on suicide and didn't question Ant quite enough. This messed up everything, so now people will always be wondering. So, I want to just throw something out there at you, okay? Okay. After all of this, you have an opinion in your mind, right? Think about that opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, what if I were to tell you that Aunt had a girlfriend shortly after Phoebe that also died of mysterious suicide? I would have said this is the staircase. <laughs> Does that change your mind? Because... 25-year-old Bailey Schneider was found dead by her parents on the kitchen floor of the family home in Monet Ponds, Melbourne, on July on June 24th, 2018. A gold cord was wound tightly around her neck, but there was no hanging point that could be found. That and the fact that she had just had a fight with her boyfriend, Aunt Hamble. Her death is ruled a suicide and is basically closed and the police believe is not suspicious. Come on, Australian police. Step it up. So. So that one, even more so, actually, seems like, to me, a murder. Yeah. Because that, that to me, is like... I mean, you see it in movies. I know movies aren't a great source of truth for anything, but that's how people assassinate people. Like, it's literally in 90% of movies like that. Um, And, like, them saying there was no, like, hanging point nearby. Like, most most people aren't just... I mean, I can't think of any cases of somebody just taking a cord and doing that to themselves without there being a point somewhere for them to to attach it to. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I couldn't find a ton on Bailey um, because the case was closed. They didn't publish a lot on her case. Mm-hmm. Everything just sends you right back to Phoebe. Um, Which is weird. Yeah. But it's um, it's just very, very suspicious that he can't keep a girlfriend alive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's... They- if you watch the staircase, they touched on that several times too. It's like, right. yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, an accident happened once, but twice, right? So the only thing that makes it more fishy is if he took out life insurance policies, right? That's the only other red flag he I can think the of. Money. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, um, he just needed them to go away. Um, do I believe Aunt Hamble did it? I really don't know. Like, this is a case that I will lay in bed and spiral to the point of no return on. Okay, so for me, there are weird things about this case. If she went in by accident, so the best that I could come up with, right, was maybe this drunk girl, she cut her hand in her apartment. was like, man, I cut my hand, put the glass in a trash bag, goes down to the trash bag chute, right? puts the trash bag in there and it gets stuck. What are you going to do? So she puts her feet, feet, her foot in there to try to knock it down. She can't get in there, so she's like, man, I'm just going to try to jump on it a couple times. 
and maybe in her impairment she slid down. So do I think there's holes in that? Absolutely, but I can't think of anything else. I uh, that's honestly a better than I was coming. Like I couldn't come <laughs> up with any way that she could have accidentally did it. So that was better than that. the The hole I would poke in that one is the hands at her side. Yes, that's because, exactly what I wrote next. Yeah, because like if she was doing that, she had to be bracing herself on the wall. There's no way she was just you know standing there with her hands at her side jumping into an angled trash compactor and not falling. Mm -hmm. So, the suicide part just, it doesn't sit right with me because Phoebe's apartment was if she would be right back. Her hair straightener was plugged in. Mm. Her stuff was there. She even had sunglasses still on her head. If she was going to commit suicide, why would she pick this way? Yeah, right. No, I've never heard of anybody picking that way. How would she know if the comp- compactor was on or not? She couldn't because she doesn't so have a key. So if she doesn't think the compactor's on or doesn't know, maybe she would survive that. Right. Which obviously she did. Right. Why did she go feet, feet first? And, and if, if she was talking about jumping off the balcony, why didn't she do that? Right. Why didn't instead? she do that? Did someone put her in that chute unconscious? And that's why she didn't try to brace herself or anything like that and then she woke up and she was in pain and bleeding and didn't know where she was and that's why she's trying to find a way out she doesn't even know where she is this is the case that i lay in bed and spiral it's the one i want solved and my heart just hurts that she died that way yeah that she died on a cold floor not knowing what was going to happen. And I tell you, I will not be the same after this case. And now you won't be either. And her trying to, you know, get out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just terrifying. I I will. Sorry uh, for all your nightmares. Yeah. Sorry for your new fears. (laughs) Um, I will tell you my theory and I will say that I am not accusing anybody. Mm -hmm. So this is me not saying aunt is guilty, but this is me saying, yeah, this is me saying that my theory would be having aunt being guilty, but we got to keep in mind, this is a real person. We weren't there. He might not have, we can't, can't attack somebody for that stuff. Exactly. So, but, um, my theory is that she was drinking, obviously we know that part. She was drinking and aunt put the ambient into her drink Mm. and then that partially is how she she got knocked out basically was you know the all the things you said that she was on that was kind of knocking her out uh and then he put her down the chute because i don't so i'm sitting here picturing it and like the the slot that you pictured that you would fit into the chute like you can't even go i mean maybe she could because you know she is small enough but like your feet are more than that length uh if i'm picturing the shoot right like there's eight inches so most people's feet are at least eight inches long mm-hmm. like your feet would almost stop you from going then how do you fit like how would your head fit down into that like i get that she is a small human being but like i feel like there has to be some 
force involved in there, like kind of pushing her into the chute. I don't see any way that she just just slips into it, you know, mm-hmm. like like it's just nothing. So, and then it happening later, like that was already my theory, but then it happening later with another one of his girlfriends, like one time, maybe you can say it's an idea, the twice I start to not believe it. So what if, um, what if he came home and found her and thought she was dead? Yeah. I, and just shoved yeah. her down the chute because he was like, I ain't going to be responsible I don't want to take this. the fall for it. She I don't want to get in trouble for it. I'm not going to yeah. be responsible. Right. That's possible, yeah. Um, and she woke up going, oh, my God. Yeah, and she woke up. Out. Like, he thought she'd already passed away, and she really hadn't. And she woke up and then tried to get out, yeah. I think the, um, I think it's a red herring, the switch from auto to manual. Yeah. I don't think that's that big of a deal. I don't think so, either. I don't think... I don't think anybody knew that that trash compactor was on or off. Yeah, or whatever who, happened, who would have switched it on or off? Suicide or murder. Right. Which it could be any of these, and yeah. that's what's so frustrating. Yeah, I just the the perfect storm that had to have happened had to have happened for it to be an accident to me mm-hmm. is crazy. But yeah. I'm, it's not impossible. It, it is there is a possibility, but the accident seems pretty unlikely right um suicide or murder uh i still lean towards murder because well a it happened again uh but then b like the just what a, you know like if you think about it like most people aren't going to pick the absolute most painful way to do that right like if she there's no we established she can't know if it's on or off right because it's locked from the outside she can't get in and go check and see if it's on or off Mm -hmm. so she's going down that chute not knowing and thinking okay if it's on i'm gonna go down a chute and then go into a trash compactor Mm -hmm. that's gonna be painful like i I don't see how that would be a thing that somebody would intentionally do. I just don't think it's suicide. I I don't think so either. I think it's either murder or it was a freak accident. An accident, I'm even like, I cannot explain all of it. It's hard to explain how it could be an accident, yeah. Right. I mean, maybe maybe if the coroner got some things wrong, like maybe Mm -hmm. if they said, yeah, we were pretty sure her arms were at our side, but actually they were up. Right. Then that explains the theory that you said where, like, she was bracing herself on the wall and just slipped into it. Yeah. Like, okay. Then then maybe maybe I start to buy it a little more. But right. uh, the pieces as we have them now, though, definitely feel like foul play. Yeah. And, guys, I went over a whole coroner's request, a whole case synopsis. I dug in this She case. She did. Uh, I walked in <laughs> one time and I was talking to her. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm reading like uh, several, I don't even remember how many pages you said it was, corner report. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't think I could, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> yep. Um, this case is just mind blowing. So, we're back. Maybe we'll have another case next week. Maybe we won't. 
But this one was a good one. So if you want to help us out, please share. Um, go to our Instagram and our Facebook to see how gorgeous Phoebe and Bailey were and how much of a piece of shit Ant is. <laughs> Either way. Allegedly. Um, I don't know. I think he was pretty much a dick if he's... I don't, I don't know like, if... Like, what she says he well, was. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I guess that's kind of the thing, right? Was he the thing she said he was? And it kind of sounds like probably, yeah. Yeah. Um... So go see that. Go see the pictures of that, the trash shoot. Go see all of that so that you can really take it in. While you're there, sh- click the share button so that your friends can see what a crazy case this is. Um, and, and also, please like, comment, and subscribe on our YouTube because we're actually super close to getting 1,000 subscribers yes. on YouTube. And if we get a thousand subscribers, I get to pie Drew in the face. That was not agreed on. Um, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, or he has to pay me a thousand dollars. Comment uh, below which one you want me to do. <laughs> neither one of those are agreed on. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, please give us um, a like and all of that stuff that you do. I don't know. Um, just listening and following is is yes. helps us out a lot. Thank you guys so much for hanging in with us. I know that we're sporadic, but welcome to our podcast. That is what this is. <laughs> yep, we um we we both have uh, crazy lives, but we we do it for you guys. Yep, and for people like Phoebe who yeah, and and to give the victims <laughs> a voice. Yes, so. Phoebe and Bailey, this one goes out to you guys, and uh, we'll be back with another one at some point. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Peace. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say I hope you enjoyed this video. If you like any of the content for Code 187, please click that subscribe button, that like button, that share button. Help us out. Help us grow. Um, you can find us on your favorite podcast platforms. Um, yeah, check us out on there. Give us some ratings. Um, tell us what you think. We're also across every social media on Code187. So we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I think that's it. Um, and of course YouTube. So please, please, please subscribe um, if you like our content and spread the word. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.